This is WSKG News. I'm Brent Fox. The U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments recently for two affirmative action cases, one against the University of North Carolina and one against Harvard. Michael Dorff, a constitutional law professor at Cornell University, said although the Supreme Court is considering the affirmative action cases in an educational context, there could be far-reaching effects if the court were to overrule affirmative action. Ava Pukach spoke with Dorff to break down the case. Could you walk me through what the U.S. Supreme Court is deciding with the affirmative action cases? In both cases, the basic question is whether college admissions will still be conducted in accordance with the rule that was set down in 1978 in a case called Bakke that allows colleges to consider uh, race as one factor among many in building a diverse student body. You touched on it a little bit, but could you just explain a little bit more about what affirmative action is and the precedent of it within the Supreme Court's previous cases? So affirmative action is a term that has come to mean the consideration of one's race or national origin as a so-called plus factor in uh, admissions. In the very early days, when they noticed that they had a disproportionately small number of applicants of color, they sometimes would simply set a minimum floor or a quota. Uh, The Supreme Court struck that down in 1978, but allowed that some use of race as a so-called plus factor is permissible. And so for the ensuing nearly five decades, colleges and universities have justified their affirmative action programs by reference to diversity, not as a kind of remedy for past and ongoing discrimination in other areas of society. What were the justices saying in their responses and their questions to both parties? The most conservative justice on the court, Clarence Thomas, was highly skeptical of diversity. He seemed to suggest that he doesn't even understand what anybody means by diversity and that it's simply a smokescreen for impermissible racial balancing and racial quotas. That was at one end. Uh, At the other end, Justice Sonia Sotomayor and Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson were strongly arguing that what these schools are doing is not only permissible, but necessary to counteract the discriminatory effect of all sorts of practices in society and indeed at the very colleges. It did seem like it's very likely that both Harvard and UNC will lose, and the only question is, how far-reaching an opinion will the court write? If the court does decide to end affirmative action, how will other universities and colleges across the country, especially here in New York, be affected? I think there is some precedent for what will happen. The University of California system, the University of Michigan system, and some other states have been under legal obligations that forbid affirmative action for a number of years. So I think you'll see a number of efforts to maintain a diverse student body in private and public colleges in New York State. But I also think based on the experience in California, Michigan, and elsewhere, the representation will diminish. Is there anything else people should know about this affirmative action case in the court? Yes, it will have implications beyond education. The court is considering the case in an educational context, but there is affirmative action with respect to contracting, with respect to private employment, 
All of that is governed by other provisions of the Civil Rights Act, and the court is very likely to interpret Title VI in a way that has implications for Title VII, for example, which concerns uh, employment. And so whatever the court does here could affect things like minority business enterprises and all sorts of other contexts. That was Ava Pukach speaking with Cornell University professor Michael Dorff.